And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a terrific week. Big show today. (laughs) Crazy day in the world of politics. A lot to break down. I was joined by my friend Nate Madden from The Blaze. Uh, It's always a good time talking to Nate. Uh, Your boy, your humble host, got a little fired up on the podcast today. Uh, Much profanity was spewed. Uh, Mostly from me, not Nate. But yeah, a lot to get to. We break down all the impeachment stuff, this Ukraine nonsense, and uh, cancel culture, and uh, and the rest of it. I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. Uh, first, uh, guys, follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod if you don't already, and please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play if you're on iTunes. Please give us a five star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you want to get involved with the show, hit us up over on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash The No Gimmicks Podcast. There's cool incentives if you choose to do so. All right, without further ado, here's my chat with Nate Madden. All right, guys, we're here with my friend Nate Madden from The Blaze. Nate, thanks for taking the time, brother. Glad to be here. How are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. So obviously a big news day. Um, Yesterday, the Democrats decided that they will be impeaching the president of the United States because they claimed uh, that he had committed treason and that uh, the transcripts of this phone call with the Ukrainian president would prove that. Uh, a couple hours ago, the, trans- <laughs> the transcripts of the phone call were released. Uh, no treason, no quid pro quo, no threats, nothing. They lied. They're liars. They're hacks. Uh, this is this is a, a fucking nothing burger once again. Am I missing something? Um, aside from the fact that they decided they were going to impeach the minute the, the president crossed... 271 electoral votes like that that's just been the starting assumption this is where we've been this is where we've been for almost three years now and you say like that you again election night 2016 was almost three years ago we're looking at you know you know a month and a half and change from that anniversary and they haven't let up on this and you know they 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 apparently thought they had the nuts on this um enough for nancy pelosi who was so worried about you know putting her her freshmen and her moderates in a dangerous position on the impeachment thing, thought this was safe enough to run with. And here we have the actual transcript. And then we also have the Office of Legal Counsel memo from when they, for why they didn't move forward on the whistleblower complaint. There, there weren't, he didn't mention Biden eight times on the call. There was no quid pro quo as all these ridiculously salacious uh, stories that we've heard came out. But the, the, ultimately the thing is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that this was a gigantic nothing burger like everything else. It didn't matter that the Russia hoax was a nothing burger. It didn't matter that Bob Mueller's testimony, the Mueller report was a nothing burger, or that his testimony before Congress was a really, really sad nothing burger that was painful to watch. Um, it doesn't matter. This, The impeachment crowd made their minds up the minute the president won this, won in 2016, and they're driving this train and you know everybody else regardless of what the facts are regardless of whatever comes out of this we're all just along for that ride 
they're going to keep hammering away at this, regardless of whether they actually have the have the facts and the truth on their side or not. The Democrats last night were even they're 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 trying to preempt this nothing burger too. They're basically saying like, oh, it doesn't really matter what's in the transcripts, even though they said that that's the reason why they wanted to impeach him. And then they kind of backed off, like Chuck Schumer said last night, like kind of started backing off, like, well, we're, you know, he, he deserves to be impeached anyway, regardless of the transcripts. But that's, like, that, that's they're so, they're, it so, they're so transparent about it. They're not hiding the ball anymore at all. Yeah, no, and th- that's the thing. Like, at, at least at this point, they can be completely, they can be completely transparent about it and just give us the naked truth. They just want him gone. They want to undermine the 2016 election as they have since Hillary Clinton lost it. This is just another variation on a theme instead of, you know, collusion, obstruction, whatever. The, everything else they've tried has failed. And this is going to fail as well, you know, if, if today is any indication. But it doesn't matter because we'll be on to something else soon. You know, if nothing else, you know, maybe something will come out of, you know, maybe they'll get some. Some sort of some sort of nugget out of one of these emoluments clause lawsuits that, that have been going on for the last two years, and they'll and they'll they'll throw a hail mary on that, and then they'll throw another hail mary and another hail mary, and I'm mixing all kinds of metaphors, but you see where I'm going with it. <laughs> do, like, all right, do I have to imagine? I have to imagine that your average voter that doesn't follow politics too closely, which is probably what sixty percent of the electorate, yeah, twenty percent on either side. Uh, you know, really follow this shit and, you know, listen to podcasts like this and like your show. It's a, it, but that's, that's maybe that's 15, yeah, maybe 10, 15% on both sides. The, the average voter has to realize that we don't treat the Democrats like this. <laughs> like we, this is, it, this kind of ridiculous nonsense is only coming from one side. Like President Obama did a handful of things that were probably impeachable, uh, that, most of which probably being weaponizing the IRS against conservatives. I, I, that, I think, is, was definitely an impeachable offense. Obviously, there was a quid pro quo with Obama and the Russians promising to, uh, to, to give Putin leniency after, yeah. after Obama was reelected. I mean, that, that's an actual quid pro quo caught on tape, you know, with, with audio and video. Um, yeah. and, and I never once, I never once, I mean, that was bad, but I never once was like, oh, yeah, we should impeach him. Yeah, like, that's, not, that's just not how we think on the right that your average swing voter your average independent has to realize that we, we don't play by the same rules like they're playing a completely different way more evil way more aggressive nonsensical game than we are or are we just play, playing t-ball or everybody else is playing hardball i don't know uh, that, that's the question i have to come back to when i look at the disparity here you know there there's two possible next explanations either they're using a far more diabolical playbook which you know in a lot of cases the left ends up doing you know the with the the situational ethics, Saul Linsky influence that's just inherent all the way through in a lot of places. But sometimes I wonder if we're just if we're just playing softball, if the right just plays softball way too damn much. Uh, and, you know, and how much of our reaction to Obama was just, you know, implicitly driven by the fact that we just that, you know, most of the discussion uh, that ends up happening you know, in, in media and everything else is filtered through people who would have never, ever, ever, ever dreamed of doing this. Um, I don't have any you know, definitive a, answers. That, that's a really good point, and I mean, it goes all the way back to Nixon. Like, I don't think Nixon should have resigned. He should have told the press to fuck themselves. <laughs> I mean, yeah, pretty much. John, John F. Kennedy did much worse things uh, while Nixon, in office than, than Nixon did. And knowing Nixon, he actually would have used those words. 
given what we oh, know about his diction in private conversation. No, I mean, I, I'm a Nick. Uh, no, I, I applaud that. I'm a Nixon apologist, hundred yeah. uh, <laughs> percent. I'd be totally fine with that. But yeah, I, you know what? That that is a a broader point that we should discuss too. And and I actually mentioned this on the last, um, the the last podcast in, in regards to like cancel culture and stuff like that. And uh, oh no, no, it wasn't even cancel culture. It was with the the blackface uh, Justin Trudeau stuff. <laughs> It's like whether we should play by the rules of the left and just drag Justin Trudeau or if we should just be truthful and say, like, look, nobody in their right mind is actually offended that Trudeau wore blackface. Like there's not a black person on the face of the earth that's actually offended by that because black people aren't made out of glass. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like but like since they do it to us, like any I mean, they'll call us racist no matter what. We should have some fun and beat the living hell out of Justin Trudeau. You know what I mean? So it's like I, I'm torn, but tactically speaking, what we should do. And like you said, you know, conservatives, we do play softball, and the rest of them are playing hardball. We bring a knife to a gunfight over and over. I mean, just look how uh, McCain and Romney were treated by the press. They didn't do a damn thing. They just refused to defend themselves. George Bush, when he was in office, I mean, he was called a war criminal for eight years, and he not never once defended himself. And he would, I remember, he would tell. Uh, uh, Dana Perino and his other, you know, press secretaries basically not to defend him, not to fight back, which is, I thought was insane. But like, do we need to be more Trumpy with our tactics? Do we need to punch back harder? Like, is that the only way we're gonna win going forward, or can we stand on our principles and kind of be above the fray or whatever? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't have an answer to that. I really don't know what we should be doing from a tactical standpoint. I wish I had an answer for this. Uh... I definitely think that that's that's one thing that you know a lot of people like about what's about the difference of the Trump era, or at least the Trump presidency, is the fact that the guy is actually a bar fighter and he's actually willing to go to the mat, go to the mattresses on some things, as opposed to you know, pulling punches and everything else. I I guess the question is how far can we follow that playbook without you know losing our without losing our souls? Right. How far? I, I guess it's a population. Well, it's it's really just it's a prudence thing. Thing. How far can you? How far can you make them play by their own rule books without actually doing something legitimately wrong, diabolical, untruthful, and everything else? Um, I think ultimately that's the challenge: is trying to mount a proportional response to trying to mount a, a just and proportional response to people who are waging unconditional warfare. Yeah, yeah. I I do know that how a lot of our fellow conservatives are behaving right now is not the way to go tactically. I do know that and I'm not even just talking about the, we'll, we'll get to the never Trumpers here in a second, but I'm not even talking about them. I'm talking about just your, your average conservative who's not necessarily buying into the narrative that the Democrats and the press are trying to sell right now, but they're not really fighting it either. They, they're, they're like, okay, look, it is bad. You know, it's bad that, uh, that Trump would even have a conversation about Joe Biden with the president of Ukraine. It's like, no man, no, no, the Democrats said Trump committed treason, which carries the death penalty. So they're saying they want to kill the president of the United States <laughs> when he did not commit treason. There was no quid pro quo at all. The, the press and the Democrats just lied. I mean, they, they just it was a bald faced lie. I, I hate the whole like above the fray kind of thing going on on Twitter right now as we speak, where it's like, yeah, the conversation was bad, but not impeachable. It, no, it wasn't bad. It wasn't that bad. No. I mean, it was just Trump mouthing off, hey, man, hey, it would be cool if you looked into this. Okay. Oh, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, come stay at Trump Tower, you know, we'll have some fun. Come to D.C. It's like, it, it was just like this boring conversation between world leaders. There was nothing bad there. It's not bad. And so I hate the whole, like, 
I don't know. These journal, these conservative journalists, don't want to be beaten by the press. Maybe they're just they're the skittish dog that's been beaten by their owner or whatever. So they feel the need to kind of like play along a little bit. Fuck that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Trump did nothing wrong. The Democrats are liars. That's the bottom line. I'm not playing this like half and half kind of to- you know straddling the fence kind of thing. Like I'm not doing that. Yeah. No, I, I don't pretend to know what people's motivations are, but it is it is so frustrating to see. It's also frustrating to see that just the slide a lot of these folks go on um, from from being just real conservative knife fighters to, again, these just like these 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 middling milquetoast apologists for you know these these interlocutors between the left and the right. Um, I, I don't know, you know, what, what everybody's motivations. Do you, do you want the CNN deal? Do you, do you want to, you know, what do you want to do? Um, I made a decision long ago and, and you know, that I, I barring, you know, extraordinary ordinary circumstances or some really hard guarantees I would never, you know, I wasn't going to be the conservative journalist that openly tried to, to, you know, pander for a job at a legacy media outlet by my coverage. And I'm, I'm thankful I made that resolution a long time ago because I see other people doing it in a lot of cases, right. but I, holy smokes, man, I, I don't get the point of just trying to, of trying to, to, to thread this needle saying, Oh, it was bad. Like, ah. Yeah. Zelensky brought a meeting with Giuliani on this. You know, yes. that, that's, that, that's the thing, you know, Trump says, hey, there's this thing that looks really shady. And on its face, holy crap, it looks shady. Are we so inured yes. by 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 democratic corruption or media lies to us or just bad, you know, just bad legacy coverage that we can't recognize when something looks shady as all hell on its face? Hunter Biden, with no previous energy experience, was getting $50,000 a month to sit on the board of a Ukrainian energy company, a company which would later be investigated, an investigation that was later stopped by Joe Biden over a billion dollars in foreign aid, a, a, a stoppage of the investigation that Joe Biden later bragged about after he left office. How in the hell does this not look shady? How does it not merit even just a, the slightest bit of inquiry to get some answers on this? And then you have the, the answer that Joe Biden says, well, I never, I never talked about these things with my son. And Hunter Biden, months before that, said that, yeah, they, they discussed they discussed Burisma. They discussed this company. You know, I, I, you know, it's, I feel like it's, it's like I'm, I'm like we're all we're all Magatu in Zoolander. I feel like I'm taking crazy <laughs> pills. He's just turning left. You know, like it's all the same look. You know, like am I insane I here? Like this is like this is if anybody were doing this, you know, it was um, you know I uh, Donald Trump Jr. was on uh, Mark Levin show last night. He made this point. He's like, can you imagine? The outrage if Junior or any of the Trump kids had this kind of a deal going on with the Ukraine while their father was in office or the same kind of if they flew on as part of a delegation to China and then cut a one point five billion deal in China. Can like, can anyone imagine just the apoplexy and the pant crapping insanity that would go on in all of the legacy newsrooms of the world? If the shoe were on the other foot and the last name was Trump instead of Biden in this case, you would all lose your minds. But we've all become so desensitized in this era because this is so friggin' exhausting. It's because people on the right, we're, we're all a bunch of, we're the abused puppy dog, man. Like I said earlier, I mean, the, the press will beat the shit out of anybody who attacks a Democrat or investigates a Democrat or says anything not nice about a Democrat. And people are just beaten down. I mean, it's like the beaten spouse, you know what I mean? They're just nervous to say anything because they don't want to get smacked. Like, it's, it's disgusting. And I, I hate seeing people on the right, people that I respect, 
you know, fall into this trap. You know, it is really gross. And But look, man, look. So that this transcript, it's a huge nothing burger. I read it. I read it twice just to make sure I wasn't missing anything. Yeah. Uh, you have it, it, there's nothing, to look there's over it a few there. times just because there's yeah, so I'm, little you think, like, I've got to be, like, missing a paragraph or something. Like, there's got to be, like, some sort of gosh <laughs> they're going to run. No, it doesn't matter. Something. I thought there would be something the Democrats could grab a hold of here. Something. There's nothing. There's nothing. Is... The, Mueller, the Mueller report, nothing. There's absolutely nothing. Less than nothing. It was absolutely pathetic. The Russian collusion stuff, complete nonsense. Nothing. Absolutely nothing there. By the way, I'm not a, I'm not afraid. Just a side note. Sorry to just go down a wormhole here, but not afraid of Russia at all. I don't know if you saw the headline that they uh, uh, a walrus uh, sank a Russian naval vessel in the Arctic Ocean yesterday. Did you see oh, that? Oh, crap. I haven't seen that headline. Like, what, 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 how, Russian... how would it? Is it like a it like a, a flying into the exhaust port on the Death Star kind of thing? <laughs> no, it was a it was a, a female walrus defending her cubs. Are, are they called cubs? I don't know. Baby walruses, walry. I, I don't know. Anyway, the Russian Navy lost a battle to a fucking walrus. So I'm you know Russia is the big bad monster. I'm not really buying it. But look, so over and over for three years since before Trump was elected, they've been just parroting all this nonsense over and over and over every single time they lie. Every single time they're exposed, I, I'm done. Like, I don't care. Like, even I started this podcast two and a half years ago, over two and a half years ago, and I used to take the accusations against Trump seriously, kind of. Like, I would really look into it and say, oh, well, you know, I don't really think he did this, but let's, if he did, that would be really bad, you know, and let's wait till the facts come out. I'm done. Like, Nate, I'm done. Like, I don't care what the press says. Like, nothing they have said for three years has been correct at all. But like see, these people are not journalists. They're you, hacks. They, they, need, they need to be cast out of polite society. They need to be laughed at, mocked, ignored. They're not to be given any credence or credibility or respect at all. I know I'm sounding very hyperbolic right now, but I'm done with these godless hacks. I'm done with them. I have no use for them. I have no use for the New York Times or CNN or any of them. I'm done. Oh, man. You know, you, you, you touched on something too that that, that, may, that kind of gives me hope for the right, at least in the, in this case. All right, see, so you look at the outset of the Russia thing and look at how many Republican lawmakers on Capitol Hill and how many other how many folks were actually taken in. So look at the response at the beginning of the Russia hoax and compare that to the response on the right to this. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, there there are a few like middling folks on Twitter. Like the only real Republican lawmaker who got pulled in. By these, by this, by this stuff, I think it was Mitt Romney. Like, that was it. Everybody else, pretty much, they knew what it smelled like when it, when it came out, you know. And the smell, the, the smell that we've been smelling since we first had those first had the unsubstantiated reports of a whistleblower, uh, you know, flagging a, a Trump conversation with a foreign leader where they discussed national security stuff. You know, since those initial things and whistleblower gate first started, you know, the smell that you know that, that stinky smell has only gotten stronger. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one one more thing, and I want to move on to another topic here in a second. But uh, oh, did, did you look up the wall? Did you look up the walrus thing real quick? I did. So apparently, so it was a smaller vessel. I was afraid it was like, are they are they making like naval carriers that are in, you know, that are just poorly designed enough to be taken out by a walrus? No, it was a so it was a transport <laughs> vessel. All right, so that makes a little bit more sense. Like, <laughs> I was, I really wanted to see some like Star Wars esque video or like or you know like. Um, uh, all my references are Star Wars, either either you know just blowing up the Death Star or like, you know, one of the snow speeders taking out the Imperial walkers with the cables. I, I don't know. 
Or walrus is just John Bolton's call signal, you know? He just went, he's like, fine, if Trump won't let me do it, I'll, I'll just take matters in my own hands. <laughs> but, uh, oh, my goodness. So, yeah, the, the whistleblower thing, like, I, I, can't, I can't believe anybody. Like, I can't believe anybody. Like, obviously, the whistleblower had to admit that they had no knowledge of the actual phone call. And so anybody with wants to be taken seriously at all that didn't immediately jump ship there and say this is bullshit, it's, it should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. Well, so it, come, like, come the, on. the two things that get me is the and then and then at the same time the the inspector general the intelligence community inspector general also found was uh, found I can't remember the uh, the exact wording but yeah basically they found political bias for a rival rival political candidate and they still sent the, the they still sent the complaint based on hearsay. From a guy who clearly, who, who apparently has some some political bias, they sent that over to DOJ, and then of course DOJ looks at it and says like, well, there's really nothing to move forward on here, and they they don't, they don't go anywhere on it. And we, uh, well, one more thing on on Ukraine. Um, Kevin McCarthy said in a statement earlier, the uh, the House uh, Minority Leader. Look, I'm all about transparency. I do not trust the federal government. I want to know everything that the government is up to, especially in, in terms of my tax dollars. But uh, he, he did make a good point. Like, if the Democrats are going to, you know, demand that every transcript of every phone call the president's ever made with a foreign leader be released publicly, unredacted, what foreign leader in their right mind would have an honest, candid conversation with the president of the United States if they know that the Democrats are just going to try to expose the con- I mean like they these conversations have to be had between Trump and everybody between Trump and Boris Johnson and a- Angela Merkel or whatever Trump and Putin Trump and and Z president of China like anybody like these world leaders have to have off the record conversations they have to that's I mean that's how business gets done so I, this is a blow against our interests across the globe is it not I mean like I, that is kind of concerning to me well yeah and the implicit message is, you know, the implicit message to world leaders around the world is we would never, ever do this to a Democrat. So vote Democrat, but we'll do this to any Republican. And, you know, well, not vote, but, you know, the, uh, you, you're going to want to try to work for, you know, try to you know, influence Democrats to get up in here. Uh, but it's it's absolutely ridiculous. And, uh, you know, they, 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 put, they did put it through the, the, the classification process. They determined there were no – there was no – the fact that they could declassify this also points to the fact that there's no national security information actually right. contained in the phone call. Again, right. we keep coming back to this point. Like this is the the level of nothing burger there is. Um, but good grief. Yeah. Look, what I, kind I, of a show are you putting on for the rest of the world? What? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's pathetic. It's pathetic. But one more you know, to- one more topic before I let you go, Nate. Uh, speaking yeah. of pathetic, and I already mentioned that the press are a bunch of soulless godless hacks uh here's another case um this thing i just brushed up on this morning uh this broke overnight uh this this carson king stuff have you have you i'm sure you've seen this i have seen the headlines but i haven't had time to get into it so yeah carson king was this guy he was uh he had a viral moment earlier this year when he was tailgating before a football game i think and uh like him his friends like made signs or whatever saying like paypal us money for beer or whatever, and like he ended up getting PayPal like a hundred thousand dollars or something like that. So we decided, hey, I'm not going to keep this money. Uh, let's raise a bunch of money for charity. And he partnered with Anheuser Busch, and they raised like 1.2 million dollars for a children's hospital. Uh, and then uh, the press, specifically, I believe it's the Des Moines Register, uh, decided to dig through this guy, this random guy, 
Now he's not political or anything. Some random good Samaritan. Dig through his Twitter. They found a, a, a mean tweet that he sent when he was 16 years old, eight years ago, and they destroyed his life. Why? Why would you? Why would you investigate? The, like he's not running for office. Like he's not the president or whatever. He's not a senator. He's not a political actor at all. I mean, he's just some dude that's trying to raise money and save children. And they had to destroy him because that's what the press does. They can't help themselves. Yeah, I, I, I've stopped trying to make sense of this whole cancel culture thing. You know, I just it, it the, the whole thing reminds me of the uh, back when the Soviets would just blacklist. You know, well, when it happens to people in in the entertainment industry, it reminds me of the movie uh, "The Lives of Others" that was set in East Germany before the wall came down. Right, and right. And it. Uh, yeah, and, it's, and it talks about these playwrights and these other artists who were blacklisted. Like one kills himself, but you know they they, they were problematic for the regime, and so they could they couldn't find any work. And that's effectively what the left is doing without you know without the force of government power here. Uh, well, I say the left; it's the left and the media, you know, and those those blurry lines in between everything there. But what the hell is wrong with us, where we, we feel the need to to go through and scrutinize and, and destroy people's lives for the mistake they make? Um, especially when we're talking about a tweet. When someone is 16 years old. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you should be held accountable for anything you say when you're 16, but also just the fact that this is just some random guy that was raising money for charity. Like, there's there's no reason. Like, why would you even, as a journalist, feel the need to dig through this guy's Twitter account back eight years to when he was 16? Like, it's not like, I get it. Both sides do oppo research on each other, politically speaking. Like, this this guy was apolitical. Like, (laughs) it has nothing to do with that. Like, they just, they're addicted to ruining people. They love it. It's a drug. They needed their fix of ruin, ruining some kid's life, and they did it. Oh, and by the way, the journalist from the Des Moines Register that uh, that that investigated this guy for no reason, uh, this journalist forgot that that they had actually tweeted like the N word a bunch of times a few years ago. Uh, so yeah, there's that. And I, how much do you want to bet this this jackass doesn't get fired from the Des Moines Register? I mean, I don't uh, know, but I, I highly doubt it. It depends on how much of a noise gets made. There, there's never any telling when it comes to stuff like this because none of it makes sense. Because none of it has to make sense, and this is just this is the, we live in the era where nothing makes sense. So yeah, let's let's go randomly investigate. Let's go investigate some dude who's just raising money for a kid's hospital. Because why not? Because because clicks. Because because journalism. Because that is that serves the public interest somehow to to wreck like wreck this out of nowhere philanthropist for for tweeting something when he was 16 years old. And of course, you know, we'll and we'll. Who knows? We will either keep or arbitrarily or, or fire the guy based on whatever nonsensical whatever nonsensical rules exist tomorrow, based on how much attention that that actually gets. Because none of this none of this makes sense. We live in the age of gibberish. Do you think all of this, from Ukraine to Justin Trudeau and blackface to this cancel culture stuff, when the journalist had actually tweeted things ten times worse than the guy who was investigating? Do you think it's all they're just? They're using the Saul Alinsky communist playbook of just accusing your opponents of exactly what you're doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Justin Trudeau accuses everybody he doesn't like of being a racist, and he's worn blackface seventy-five thousand times. And you know, <laughs> Joe Biden's actually, uh, you know, doing things that are possibly illegal uh, in the Ukraine. So they just accuse Trump of doing. I mean, they're just like they're just accusing their opponents of exactly what they're doing. Like I think that might be the bottom line. Maybe. I don't know if I'm willing to concede that much thought, planning, and tactic to a lot of this stuff. You're probably uh, right. You're probably right. I don't know if I'm willing to give people that much credit. Right. Um, but maybe, perhaps. 
All right, I gotta let you go, Nate. I know it's a busy day uh, for all of us here in the world of politics. Where can everybody uh, check out your show and read your stuff and follow you on Twitter and all that good stuff? So, uh, uh, yeah, my written stories go up on a Conservative Review in the Blaze. Uh, if you want to keep up with me, check me out at uh, Nate on the Hill at Nate on the Hill uh, on Twitter. Uh, it's where you'll get some of the most up to date stuff, fun videos, updates from from Congress and whatnot. Thanks for watching. Everybody follow Nate. He's great. I'm sure I'll be speaking to him again very soon. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Um.